Welcome to Jazz Happens, the podcast discussing jazz in St. Louis from the artist's perspective. Jazz Happens is brought to you by the young friends of Jazz St. Louis and Drinks and Jazz at Nancy's, produced by Confluence Studios. So, uh, on Jazz Happens today, we have Jasmia Horn. Thank you for uh, doing this with us today. Uh, She's a Grammy-nominated jazz vocalist and winner of the Sarah Vaughan International Jazz Vocal Competition in 2013 and Thelonious Monk International Jazz Vocal Competition in 2015. That's a mouthful. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So, congratulations on all of that. Um, And um, as uh, we spoke briefly about before the show, this show is geared uh, a bit towards our students and today we have all student questions for you um, coming from aspiring jazz musicians that are in the building every day um, hoping to uh, achieve great heights like yourself Um, so first question um, why did you become a singer and you're the first jazz vocalist we've had on jazz happens and I'm sure you get that question a lot because, you know, most people, when they think of jazz, they don't think of vocalists off the bat. They think of, you know, saxophone, uh, saxophone, trumpet. Mm -hmm. Um, So how did vocals become your main instrument? Uh, It wasn't a choice for me. Okay. My grandfather and grandmother, father and mother, are all ministers of music, pastors Mm -hmm. of the church that I grew up in back Mm -hmm. home. And when I was three, I started singing in the choir because my mother was like, you're old enough to sing in the junior choir or participate in church some type of way. Mm-hmm. So we had like a youth usher board. Right. We had a youth praise team. We had a youth um, deacon and deaconess board. Like everything that adults did, there was an organization of youth that was uh-huh. doing the same thing. So my parents were like, you're three now. And... You can do something. <laughs> Start contributing. Three. Yes. <laughs> you can do something. Um but it, you know, it's just cute. It was just something that they, yeah. you know, had youth do to just be able to do something in church to keep them out of the streets, really. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to join the choir. I was like, so I'm it was not either that or manual sure. labor. Or something, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. Right. I'm just gonna sing. And my mom was like, okay, great. And I joined the the Pee Wee Choir. We call it the Pee Wee Choir. I joined the Pee Wee Choir, and. They were like, Jazz, you're too loud. Um, you're like all the other kids. We can't even hear them. Mm-mm. No, no, put her in front. Yeah, so <laughs> they put me in the adult choir. Okay. And so then I'm like, now I'm the only three-year-old singing with all these adults. Wow. And you could actually hear me. Like, I was always loud, and that's typically used. At three years old. That is impressive. And so I just was like, this is what I want to do. They probably realized there was something special going on at that time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I was always doing it. Around the house, my mother would play gospel music on Sundays, and we would eat and sing, and everybody in my family could sing. So at three, if you didn't know how to sing, Mm -hmm. I, I thought that maybe there was like a mental issue or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I literally thought people who couldn't sing had some kind of some problem or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> because no one I knew, everybody that I knew that I was seeing consistently at three uh-huh. years old could actually sing. So around the Christmas tree during Christmas, um, around the table during Thanksgiving, there was harmony everybody and music all the time. Yeah. So other people would hear my family sing and be like, oh my God, why, don't, why aren't you guys auditioning for whatever? And we're like, because this is just... Because we're trying to we eat do. dinner. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is just what we do. Um, and that's how I grew up. So when people couldn't sing, I'd be like, oh my God, 
I should pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, they always, um, you know, they encouraged me, but I did not grow up in a musical family. And um, the school I went to, it's it's sort of funny. Um, I liked old time, old shows when I was a kid and I would sit mm-hmm. in like first grade, second grade class and I would, I would sing the the tunes from those shows. I would just like hum them or sing them. Oh. And my teacher thought the op thought I was the one with the problem and asked my parents to have me evaluated because I was <gasps> like singing and, but it was in class, you know, I should have been following along or whatever, but I was, I was off in my own world singing and doing what I wanted That's to do. Beautiful. <laughs> At the time I felt like, well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'll just do it in my own time, I guess. I don't know. So, Anyway, I got in trouble for the same thing, so we're in the same boat. All right, all right, both paddled on this river together. That's right. All right. <laughs> so our next question: um, Who did you idolize growing up, and what initially drew you to jazz and jazz vocals? And maybe you can tell us about some of your vocalist and instrumentalist influences. Um, well, let's see. When I was in high school, so I went to performing arts high school and a public high school. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was like, you're not being a professional singer. You're going to go to school to be a nurse or a doctor or uh, whatever. Uh-huh. But you're not going to be a singer because everybody already sang. Right. And it was just our family. It was just what we did. Mm-hmm. And my mother really wanted me to have a great experience in life and make money and be able to, you know, afford, or afford a living. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't. I just wanted to sing. And yeah. and and. Eventually, I started auditioning for Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts without my mom's permission. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And she found out because I got in. Um, I auditioned as a freshman and didn't get in. Uh Sophomore, didn't get in. And I finally told my mom, I was like, I'm auditioning for Booker T. this year. She's like, oh, you think you've grown, huh? And Uh I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm auditioning. I'm ready. She's like, well, how are you going to get there? And I was like, oh. And I asked everybody in my family, and I called my, my father, and I called my grandfather, and I called everybody. And my Aunt Tracy is the one who said, Sonia, take that girl over there to Booker T. She loves to sing. She's not going to be happy. Right. And my mom was like, all right. And I got in. And it so, just means that you have to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I got in, and then... My mom was very, very happy for me. Good. Because then I started to win, like... Like I won um, Downbeat Singers Award uh-huh. for my school and, and super cool. Kept doing that throughout high school and started to, I didn't get a chance to go to IAJE, but I was in during the auditioning processes. That, that was done by the time. Um, but there was so much I was learning and my grades got just extremely better and my focus was just- Amazing. Yeah, because I, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do in life. I have to get grades. Okay, cool. That's no problem. Let me just do this homework real yeah. quick. Okay, now I get to focus on my music. And my yeah. mom was like, wow. And she started really just pushing me up and supporting me and find people yeah. to give me lessons. And, you know, and it just, from there, I had a teacher at the performing arts school. Um, his name is Roger Boykin, and he's still alive. And he's still a very good mentor of mine. And 
he gave me like a compilation of CDs. Some were saxophone players, some were piano players, some were vocalists. And the vocal CD is the, the CD. I still have it. And uh -huh. it's so it's almost broken. It's almost worn so down. To, yeah. So I had to like <laughs> put it in my, my laptop and, you know, move it, yeah. move it over so that I can always have that music. <laughs> Archive it in some way. Exactly. Um, and then just keep the CD even though yeah. it doesn't work. Sure. Yeah. And might not even have a CD player anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. Um... And so, yeah, I, I listen to that CD all the time. And I, every, every note, every accidental note, every cough, every breath, every, everything about the, the music, even the introduction, I would harmonize with whoever was speaking because I wanted to get all of that inside of my body. Cause I was so familiar with like Donny Hathaway and Aretha Franklin and um, Prince and uh, Rochelle Farrell and Erica Badu and uh, Patti LaBelle and um, James Brown, the stylistics, mm -hmm. Johnny Taylor, um, Aretha Franklin, I already said her name. So many soul and R&B mm -hmm. and gospel musicians that I'd never heard of Ella Fitzgerald. I'd never heard of Betty Carter. I'd mm -hmm. never heard of Nancy Wilson. I'd mm -hmm. never heard of Anita O'Day. I'd never heard of anyone except for um, Natalie King because she ventured into both worlds. But I didn't know this bebop, this jazz, this swing language, and mm -hmm. I was upset that I didn't know it. So I just ingested everything that came to me. And because I had already had the soul, the pop, the neo-soul, the groove, the gospel background, mm -hmm. it was like second nature to me because that's exactly where all of jazz derives from. Yeah. So I was like, oh... Well, you can actually be free. It just taught me a complete The puzzle pieces freedom. came together. Everything came together. My mm -hmm. whole life came together because I wasn't happy in school. Mm -hmm. I was bad. I was talking in class all the time. I was bored. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was just like singing theme songs, right. you know? In your own world. In my own world. Right. And jazz came and I was like, oh, I'm jazz me a horn. This I'm is my in world. This now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I think it's, it's amazing when... Um, you know, academics and arts can come together like that, yes. and they um, they sort of um, prop each other up. Mm -hmm. You know, at a certain point, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mikkel Hines, uh, eighth grade alto saxophonist, um, also the Tom Mc McMahon Mc McMahon McMahon yeah. Jazz Lives Scholarship recipient um, okay. asks. Um, what is your cultural background, and do you feel this influences your music in any way? Um, yes, absolutely. I consider myself African-American. Um, I also consider myself African. I also consider myself American. Um, I was born in America, so I'm American, but I'm also black, so I'm African because my ancestors are from Africa and, and its various countries. And then um, I'm African-American because of politics. Mm -hmm. So I fit in where I fit in. Mm -hmm. I am whatever I say I am, yeah. whenever. Um, and I also am that way culturally. So my culture is, um, I learn about the African diaspora and everything about it, the music, different languages, because there's so many, but different, a few different languages. Um, anthropology, um, politics, everything about the culture, and everything is as much as I could possibly find out mm -hmm. about the culture. 
And then, um, of course, I grew up with American culture. Right. And, and one day, I just decided... And you're from New York, right? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, and you live yes, in New York now. I live in New York. Okay. I've been living in New York for 10 years now. Okay. And when I moved to New York, I saw all sorts of women, um, specifically in Harlem and in Brooklyn, um, in certain parts of Manhattan, not necessarily mm-hmm. Manhattan, embracing their African diaspora mm-hmm. and their African anthropology. I would see really big hooped earrings. I would see, excuse me, different beads and um, necklaces similar to the one that I'm wearing in this photo, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is from South Africa and this is from West Africa. And they're very similar, kind of like DNA. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, you know, I wanted to know what the different beads meant. I want. I started studying Afri- West African dance, mm-hmm. um, and I started learning about what are called tribes, the different nations of Africa, and started really understanding the languages, the food, and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I started making Ethiopian food after learning that I have relatives that are from Somalia and Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, I started making my own traditional West African clothes after learning how to sew. Um, just, I just embraced everything. Yeah. The same way that I swallowed jazz when I found out about yeah. jazz, I then swallowed up my history and my culture in any way that I possibly can, embracing all of it. Mm-hmm. Not just what is from Africa, but what is here in America, yeah. like hip-hop music. Um, Finding all the bits and pieces that pieces. make up you. Yeah, and um, yeah, I... I I started um, singing jazz because of it. I, I started singing jazz in a particular way because of it, because of what was coming out of me mm-hmm. and just allowing myself to be. Um, and that's why I chose chose jazz. Yeah. So you are these influences. You are the sum total of all of these influences. Yeah. That's cool. So our next question, um, what techniques do you use to work on your voice, um, maybe to maintain your voice and, mm-hmm. or to prepare for a gig or a tour okay. or something like that? Um, a lot of rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to get as much rest as possible. Um, a lot of water. Like I don't drink soda. Um, so my instrument is my body and mm-hmm. I also have to take care of my body in a particular way so that I can use it however I want to use right. it. So um, I like to drink hot beverages instead of cold. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the weather, I might drink cold beverages because my body temperature needs to be at a certain place Uh so every little (laughs) i'm a detailed person like (laughs) it's it's all in the details yeah everything is about details for me um and so i'm very particular with what i eat and how i treat my body basically um and then warm-ups i just it really depends on the day if Uh it's really really hot i sing a lot in the summer because the moistness is really good for my throat and my Uh chest in the winter time unless i'm indoors i don't really i try not to sing as much um i sing a lot most of my and talk a lot and most of my conversations and singing happens in the daytime um, but even in the summertime, I sing it at night a lot, especially even if I don't have gigs. Yeah. So just um, in your own time, in my own time, yeah. I'm singing, I'm always singing to my children. I like, I never stop singing. Why would, why wouldn't you continue to do something that you enjoy so much? Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't stop. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's become a part of my practice. And a, another way that I like to practice is I like to take my favorite solos from instrumentalists that are not vocalists. Okay. So musicians that are not vocalists. Uh-huh. And harmonize with them. Okay. So, for instance, can I give you an example? Absolutely. Okay. So, this is an 
instrument that you sing along no, with? No, I'm going to show you. Okay. Shadilly-a-bop, shilly-a-bop, 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 Yeah, and as far as you were concerned, we were not even here. I no, mean, no, 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 because I'm practicing you, now. You were doing your own thing. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but her facial expressions were amazing. <laughs> she was so into it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, so that was that was crazy. So, so that's how I practice. That's what <clears throat> I was trying to explain, and it's very hard to explain. I'd rather just do it. So any solo, I, I do this with trumpet, I do uh -huh. it with saxophone, I do it with... Uh, well, you did it with drums, you did it with bass. And that's what I mean. <laughs> Different people's albums, John Coltrane's albums, uh -huh. Nancy Wilson's albums, not just Sarah Vaughn. Everybody who I love and and some people that I actually music whose music I don't appreciate as much. Yeah. I, I appreciate all music. I know what you mean. But some music that I don't appreciate Might not that listen much, to I still transcribe yeah. it because there's something to learn. Every musician has a different way of speaking and that's why each individual person is important. Yeah. I don't I don't think the world would be a great place if everybody sounded like Jasmine Horn because I'd be predictable. Oh, no. Yeah, right. You know, everybody yeah. can't sound the same. We no. all have to sound different. So that's yeah. that's why transcribing everybody's stuff is important and getting it actually in your body and not just the vocals because I'm a vocalist. Drums, bass, yeah. all of it because it helps with your range 
and it also helps with your vocabulary. Yeah. So that's how I practice. But that was amazing. Thank that was you. our first live performance yeah. on Jazz Habits. <laughs> Probably because your body is your instrument. Yes. And nobody brings instruments into this show, <laughs> <laughs> except for you today. Thank you. Um, so how do you prepare yourself to be on stage? Do you mentally prepare, mm-hmm. physically prepare? What do you do? So I like to meditate. Um, okay. Sometimes I uh, often do yoga. Um, and my own, I start with my own yoga. Like I just go by what my body needs. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times it's my back and my legs stretching out and sometimes mm-hmm. my arms. Um, but I, I stand a certain way. So I, I practice on kundalini specifically because of the the structure of the spine okay um i'm thinking about music coming from within me and spiraling out of me and mm-hmm. so i use a lot of kundalini exercises what breathing. is kundalini Can it just means that? the spiritual center okay the, the spiritual center of where the body is and how it is built based upon dna based upon chromosomes based upon spirit mm-hmm. um and so you know, I just like to, there are certain extra breathing exercises that you can do and certain stretches, yoga positions and stretches, um, that you can do to just open up. It's like, a, it's like opening, opening up a chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, think of it as opening up the root chakra and the crown chakra and the sacral chakra all at once and then spiraling out versus up and down. Cause the chakras are here. Uh-huh. You're aligning your whole entire self and you're opening yourself up. Um, and I like to do that because I, I like to be truthful to my audiences. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I like to really give my entire self. Mm-hmm. So that's my way of cleansing myself from, I don't know, maybe I had to fire a musician today Not fun. and I didn't feel good about it. Right. Or maybe my child is sick and I mean, whatever, cause I'm human. Yeah. So, you know, that's my way of dealing with, you know, regular people stuff, like yeah. human stuff, you know, as a musician. And as a you know professional mm-hmm. musician, I have to like let go of everything. It's so like before, relax and focus. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like having a drink, but I don't. I don't actually drink. So, it's like you know just moving yourself to a place to where you can focus on delivering a really nice and positive message to the audience. So that's kind of what I do. And I don't like to take phone calls. I don't like to know Instagram. Yeah. I don't. I just need to just focus on my gift that I need to give yeah, and what I need to say and how I want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of musicians and artists need to get in their zone before they perform. Yeah. Um, and you just have sort of a, a peaceful and relaxing way to go about doing it before yeah. you're ready to be in front of people. That's yeah. cool. Um, so next question is from Olivia Rice. Okay. She's an eighth grade clarinetist. Were you nervous at the Grammys? Yes. Uh, you were nervous at the Grammys. I was Grammys. so nervous at the Grammys. Okay. And uh, I, I, because there were so many people and it's the Grammys, you know, I, right. I've performed in front of thousands of people mm-hmm. before, but it's just like, oh, these people have never heard my music before. They're going to have a good time anyway, because I'm in yeah. the middle of Poland or I'm in the mir- middle of Paraguay or Panama. And, <laughs> and right. you know, it's like, they're going to love my music because I'm going to give it to them. Right. But this is the Grammys. You right. know, this is like national television in right. America. People right. are a little People more, are getting judgy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I was like, um, high world. You yeah. know, it was a very, it was, I was super nervous. And I was like, you know what? My approach is going to be like, I'm just, this is just a gig, Jazz. This is just a gig. Yeah. You're performing <sighs> for your normal yeah. people. Even though there was like a big sign that said, right. Right? I was just like, oh my God. And I saw so many It's easy for yourself to say that to yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> than doing it. <laughs> sure. 
And I was freaking out, but you know, I thought it was a good performance. I just tried to pull myself up and Paul Schaefer, what? hello. like Was he on stage with yes, you? Yes, he was performing, his band was performing. Oh, that's awesome. And he was conducting and I was just like, this is happening right now. <laughs> We're gonna do so this, Paul. Awesome. Let's do this, Paul. Yes, <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a wonderful time. But afterward, and wasn't it just like exhilarating? I couldn't even. I didn't know what to do. I just stood there and just like. <sighs> Ma'am, we're gonna need you to move off the exactly. stage now. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, do you have any advice for young musicians? Absolutely. Do your homework. <laughs> do your homework. Do your homework. Of all sorts. Yes. Do all of your homework. Um, study because sometimes people don't know how. Um, in school right now, everybody is taught to teach a specific 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 curriculum mm -hmm. and specific curriculums for a group of people doesn't really work because it's mm -hmm. not that specific sure so school is going to teach you how to get along with other people and how to be eclectic you need it mm -hmm. you need it to be eclectic and interact with other people however you need to find what you like and be honest about what it is that you like and find a way to do something that's special to you and other people what's important to you is not going to be important to everyone else what's important to you is going to be important to yourself and that's okay that no one else cares <laughs> because a lot of people didn't care about charlie parker everybody said he was crazy and then everybody right now is transcribing charlie parker sure. so be yourself the lesson in it, in it is just being true to exactly who you are and if no one else cares, find a niche of people who kind of vibrate yeah. on the same. That just it happens. There's, yeah. yeah, they're out there. So you know, don't give up. Don't give up on anything. On not on music, not on education, not on being yourself. And I think the three of those things can help build better people in society. Absolutely. So don't give up, guys. Yeah. Study. Study. Yeah. Find the things you that make you inspired. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So any upcoming projects you'd like to talk about? Absolutely. Um, my new album, my sophomore album, Love and Liberation, okay. is coming out August 16th. Amazing. Yes. And this is actually the first time I'm saying that. So is that finished up then? Yes, it's okay. finished. Um, it is Jamison Ross on vocals and drums, Okay. Ben Williams on bass, um, Victor Gould and Sullivan Fortner on piano, and... Um, Josh Evans and Stacey Dillard on tenor, tenor saxophone and trumpet. Cool. Trumpet and tenor saxophone. And um, so uh, you, this album, we can expect it to be amazing, I'm sure. I hope so. Um, <laughs> how is it? Um, is it a progression? Is it different from your first album? Um, is it different stylistically? Um, is it? Do you feel like you've evolved and this is... Um, uh, I, I know it's a new album, but is it um, um, something uh, different th than what you're normally putting out? Kind I guess of, is what I'm trying to say. Yes and no. Uh -huh. um, it's very, it sounds like, and, and I'm confident, I'm not cocky, I just know myself. Mm -hmm. It sounds like what Nancy Wilson, Betty Carter, Sarah Vaughn would have sounded like if they were alive today. Oh. Um, it's all standard music. Was that intentional or is it just mm -hmm. the way That's it... the way I write and okay. feel and love. Cool. Um, and that's that's who I am. Um, so I, 
I just, it's all my original compositions, but they sound like standards. Like, even the producers were like, are you sure you wrote this? I'm like, go to the Library of Congress. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> go to the Library of Congress and see my copyright. So yes. how do you write? Do you write on piano? Or? Both. I write on piano and in my head. Huh. And then um, I use my recorder and I write... Like, sometimes I just come up with a horn line that I love and I don't ever want to get rid of. Uh -huh. And so I just write it out. Like, I just write it out in a little spiral or journal or something. Uh -huh. And I don't, I don't need the key because the key can move sure. back and forth. So I only just write down the rhythm of the line. Right. And then I record it on my recorder. And when I get home, I might play some chord changes and put the or listen to how the line moves and put the chord changes in. Uh -huh. And then that actually becomes the melody of a tune. And then I build the horn lines from there. That's awesome. Or I started writing a poem. There's a lot of poetry on my new album. Not a lot, but there's there's three poems, three of my original poems on my new album. In the same way that um, I See You was written on A Social Call, my first album. Poems. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I incorporate poems into, into my music. Um, kind of like what was happening during the jazz renaissance area the spe in the speakeasies. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of poetry happening. Sure. So that's my reverence to that in a way. Um, and there's, there's, uh, it's, it's fun. I'm having, a, I'm, I'm just really being my entire self. Like a social call was, you know, a call to social injustices all over the world. We, we talked about genetically modified plants leaking or genetically modified plants. We talked about um, nuclear plants leaking into streams. Mm -hmm. We talked about all kinds types of GMO food. We talked about bombs and prisons and poverty. We talked about war. We talked about so much in a social call. And that was like, do you know this is happening? Love and liberation is now a call to do something about it, mm -hmm. a call to action. First starting with yourself, love. Because if you don't love yourself, then how, what is your perspective of everyone else? You have to love self first before you can even love someone else. Yeah. And then liberation, to choose love is, is to choose liberation. And to choose liberation is to choose love. They both are coexisting. They, they both are an act of, of one another. In order to love yourself, you have to forget about what everyone else has ever said negative about you and only think about the positive side of yourself. And then free yourself. Be free to be who you are. Liberate. So love and liberation is about starting with self-care and self-love. And hopefully that just spirals out all over. You know, that just, yeah. it just makes, it's just a vibration. Kind of like a, a drop of rain in the water. It drops. Circles out. The vibrations touch the whole sea. That's the intention with love and liberation. It's just now we're, we're just loving ourselves. Even though there's so much chaos going on around us, yeah. focus on what it is that we want to do. Love and the butterfly effect. Yes. If we all do it, it'll spread everywhere. Yes. Well, Jasmia, thank you so much. Um, You're very welcome. Jazz vocalist, um, full-on composer, and poet. Um, we're looking forward to the show tonight. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully we'll see you again or hear you again on another yes. Jazz Happens. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Where can we find out more about you? Um, my website is www.theartistryofjazzhorn. So I am Jazzhorn, and this is my artistry, theartistryofjazzhorn.com. And you can also find me at Artistry of Jazzhorn Twitter, Artistry of Jazzhorn Facebook, and Artistry of Jazzhorn Instagram. Um, my social media is ran by my publicists and people who work for me. But if you have a specific question, 
I'm always on Instagram. So you can actually um, inbox me on Instagram and I'll, I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can with my busy schedule. And I'm, I'm always open to jazz musicians, specifically um, young musicians who have questions or anything like, what should I be listening to? Or um, is there any new music that you're checking out that I should listen to? I'm always open to um, answering those kind of questions. So I hope to hear from you. Yeah, that's cool. Jasmia Horn opened up a direct line for jazz students. <laughs> yeah. so. Okay, again, thank you very you're much. Very Don't want to take up too much more of your time. So Thank we'll you. see you tonight. Okay, see you later. Thanks.